0: Hey y'all, welcome to The Hue. Hue represents true color, and we're here to illuminate the true stories of the inspiring folks we encounter along the way. I'm your host Jessica, and today's guests are Michelle Mallet and Rita Broussard of Defined ID Design and Andrea Marino of Andrea Marino Interior Design. So these ladies have been clients of mine in the hospitality industry for a long time, and I noticed that they had each gone out on their own and started their own residential design businesses. So this podcast we titled When Life Gives You COVID. So let's talk a little bit about how we transition when things change up. Well, um, first of all, thank you ladies so much for agreeing to come and be one of our first podcast episodes. Thank you for having us. And I was, I'll have to say, like I was just really inspired watching you guys on Instagram and seeing what you were up to. I've been. I feel like we're all watching Instagram more mm-hmm. because absolutely. we're at home and we want human interaction and we're like, what's going on with everyone? Yeah. And so I, I was able to notice. I noticed, Andrea, um, that you had, you had the same Instagram account, but then all of a sudden it became very centric, like towards design.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think for me it was like, do I start a separate account? Do I use the account I already have? And I wanted to be able to share things with my friends, so I ended up just keeping it all together. Was that the right decision? I don't know, because now it's, like, turned more into (laughs) design-focused only. Everyone's probably like, what the heck? Um, But, yeah, I just kind of went that direction. Mm
0: -hmm. And each of you I know through hospitality design. And had any of you done any residential design before this? Um,
2: I I mean, an internship. In an
0: internship. Yeah, Okay.
3: in
2: grad school, but... Yeah, undergrad and grad school, but that was about it. After that, I was like, I don't want to do it. Residential, <laughs> but now I'm back.
0: <laughs> Found you. Right. Sometimes what we what we do finds us, right? right. Um, what about you, Rita?
2: I have no residential
3: experience. Um, I've only done hospitality, but I have helped a few people here and there along my hospitality career. Whenever you know, I have friends who are like, "Oh, can you help me do this, or can you come to the store with me?" So that's probably as much residential as I've
0: done. I was, I'm just inspired. I mean, I love seeing, I I really, one of my favorite things in the whole world to see is like the overcoming adversity. And I love Mm -hmm. seeing when things maybe aren't going the way we thought they were going to go. And then this ability as humans to pivot and, and do something different and change. I think that it's beautiful and I'm seeing so much of that with what's going on with COVID and, and uh, it's inspiring. So I think uh, everyone who's listening will be inspired by this and we want to learn about kind of how you got there and Mm -hmm. how you kind of overcame maybe whatever fears were there to be able to do that and um because it's it's not easy to make a big transition if you wouldn't mind each just sharing first about you and your creative uh, when you first kind of knew you were creative I love asking I like to kind of Mm -hmm. start with the beginning so Andrea start with you like when did you first know I am a creative person I want to work in a creative world (laughs)
1: I think that that's such a fun question because I think that as a person, I know from early, early on into childhood, I was creative, but it's like, when do you specifically realize that about yourself? Because maybe from the outside looking in, everybody always saw it, but maybe because you're living life in the moment, how you think you might not recognize that as creative at the time. So looking back, growing up, I always, always, always gravitated towards art. Um, and I think when I was younger, it was more focused towards studio art. I remember my mom would tell me, you know, you always loved to color when you were younger, but it wasn't just like coloring. It's like, mom, I need pastels and watercolors. And I'm like six, you know, it's like, I always wanted like the next thing that someone probably let me do it once. And then all of a sudden it just, it just spiraled from there. And like, I think that, I've always had a creative way of looking at the world. And as I got older into high school, it's probably when I personally labeled myself as creative. I spent a ton of time doing all sorts of art classes from like drawing one to AP studio art. Um, I was always sketching. And I actually got a scholarship my junior year, junior year going into senior year of high school. Um, I got a scholarship to the university or the, the Kansas City Art Institute. And I spent my whole summer there. And I think that was like a really, really awesome time where I realized, like, I want a whole career based off of art and I want to design. And I don't specifically remember having like an epiphany of interior design, per se. But I know that when I showed up to college, you know, day one and met with my advisor and they said, what do you want to major in? I said, I'm going to study architecture and I want to be in architecture college and and I want to be an interior designer. And it was like, very matter of fact, like it was just like, (laughs) I I never second guessed it. I went there, I never looked back and I'm so happy that that is what happened. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? When was that epiphany for you?
2: I kind of think it's the same. Like I just grew up in a creative atmosphere. So I kind of just think that it all collided together um, and then when I went to undergrad, I um, I went there and I uh, took on studio studio art and design first. And then I went into interior design. So I kind of started with an art background, um, photography, oil painting, everything like that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what about you, Rita?
0: So I feel
3: like we all really have similar stories. Um so, of course, growing up, I was always that creative person. And when I realized I was in interior design, I, I knew I liked little spaces and like I liked dollhouses and stuff like that. And so then I started to make my own little, I guess, houses with shoeboxes. So, I would, like, get, like, some acrylic paint and paint the inside of it and, like, use some of my doll toys and stick them in
0: there. That's perfect. Yeah, it was, it it, uh, it was. You built a city.
3: Yes, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to build some stuff, And you know, I was trying to make
0: what I had. Yeah.
3: And so, um, yeah, so then that's how I knew, like, I liked architecture and, like, you know, interior spaces, and then I started to. Um, you know, like do research on it, cause you know there's no designers in mm-hmm. my family. Like I didn't really know much about architecture and interior design, and so then I started doing research about it, and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And so you know, in high school, I'm like, I want to be an interior designer, and everybody you know wants to do all this other stuff, <laughs> and I'm like the only one like interior designer. Like what? What is that? You know? And so um, yeah, so I did that then I went to college loved it and I always knew that I wanted to work in hospitality at first and so that's why I tried to make my way in the
0: hospitality industry and then I'm like no let's Switch over to residential. So, yeah, yeah, it's but a it good f- transition. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's people are in their homes right now more than yeah. ever yeah. Yes, because absolutely. they have to be there exactly. looking around and they're going, I don't like that sofa. Right. <laughs> exactly. and that fireplace needs a new facade and whatever it may be, they're wanting to change things up. So this is, right. I think, a really smart transition. Mm-hmm. Now this is a little bit two questions. So um, and any of you can pick it up or however this goes is fine. So transitioning from hospitality design to residential, how do you leverage? that experience to do residential design. And then it's sometimes not just like the stories that we have to tell other people about our experience, but it's the stories we have to tell ourselves. So mm-hmm. like, what are you saying to yourself when you're tra- making that transition? I can do residential and here's why. Cause they, mm-hmm. they are very different.
1: Mm-hmm. So how's that process going for you guys? I think for me, you know, being in hospitality, what I love so much about it was that you got to touch so many spaces. So you know, you could be designing anything from a guest room to a restaurant and bar to a spa, et cetera. And so just having all of those experiences and the challenges or the things that come along with designing those spaces, like so much of what an interior designer does is problem solve. Mm -hmm. And like, you literally Mm -hmm. learn a big lesson each project that you do. Um, And so I think just like extending into residential, that's just like an extension of that learning experience. But I will say like, For me personally, what I've experienced so far, it has been a pretty seamless transition in the sense of it's the same skills and the same steps. You're just tailoring it to your client. And Mm -hmm. in this case, it's in their home. And, you know, when you design a space like a lobby or a lounge, like those very much, or a guest room even, that's very much like a residential feeling space. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
1: that transition kind of goes hand in hand Mm -hmm. there. And the same can be said for Um, Like in a hotel when you're doing a restaurant, you know, that could translate to a kitchen or a dining experience in someone's house. So I feel like so far it's been a really nice transition.
0: Here's another kind of add-on question, though. Does it feel like a different client interaction?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. For sure. It's
0: it's definitely a different client interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you work with the – when you do a hotel
2: project, your client isn't necessarily mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. owner. right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be the Res. biggest difference. And I think having uh, a few internships in residential kind of prepared me for that because I, bet. I, I didn't know until my last semester of grad school that I was even going to go into hospitality. I thought I was going into sport entertainment design. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go into sporting and entertainment design. And so... I think that jumping back into residential from hospitality, I just recognized the fact that we didn't get to touch on, we didn't get to reach out and touch the client like you would, you would hope or, um, or I don't know. It's, it's just more personal now, especially for our clients. Mm -hmm. You know, some people have already, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. some people have already told us, like, I'm very picky this uh, one couple that we're yeah. working with right now, the husband's like, give her whatever she wants. Exactly. <laughs> and, well, that's a dream. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and the wife's like, I am very picky <laughs> and I will be there every step of the way. And I think that that is just the difference. Sometimes yeah. our hospitality clients were like, I see what you guys can do and I trust you and I kind of give it to you, but when you're when you're talking about someone's living situation and their abode and and this is their sanctuary basically mm-hmm. you have to cater a little bit differently to them and it can be in a very good way yeah. Um, yeah. I just think that it's been interesting so far and uh but we've had some good people who are not you know not good people but we've had some. Lucky interactions so far. Good. Some good interactions. It sounds like. And you
1: too, Andrea, you've had some Yeah, and I think just like to add to what Michelle was just saying, like when it comes to the client interaction part, like I now realize that was something that I really missed because Mm -hmm. since Mm -hmm. my last job was with a hotel ownership group, we Mm -hmm. were the client. So I wasn't presenting to a client per se. And I you know, I missed getting to see people's reactions Mm -hmm. when you're Mm -hmm. you know, you work so hard on this design, you're so excited to share it with them. Um, so it's nice to have that one-on-one, more intimate interaction, and um, I just think it's like such a privilege to be able to go into someone's home, and you know, that's the space that they're going to interact in the most. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they trust you with that is a is a really, really huge deal and a really awesome opportunity. Um, so I love that part of it.
0: And I mm-hmm. think that's something to let that we want to reiterate, too. I mean, if we're talking, you know, there's a lot of designers out there who may be looking to do something different there's been so much transition in the market with what's happened with COVID. And so a lot of people are going contract or however they may be changing their mindset and how they're working. So that's a good thing to note is that that's been a positive thing. Like Mm -hmm. that different experience is really actually positive. And it was Mm -hmm. almost sounds like an easy transition for you guys because you've enjoyed that interaction so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I also think that it's something that we all can do, because we've already come from such a larger market, a larger industry. I think going and scaling down just a little bit, I mean, we just had to tell someone that our portfolio is filled with hospitality work. (laughs) We so don't necessarily want to show it to you, and and you're like, yes, this is exactly what I want. That is custom. That's like thirty million dollars. You know, <laughs> <Right>. it's, like, <laughs> it's like we don't want to. You, you know, thirty, 30 million, It'll be <laughs> unreal, right? <I> mean, <laughs> just, yeah. I'm so. like, I
1: wish I had that budget. Right.
2: <laughs> right. So when we right. find that, we'll definitely let you guys know. Like, come on, come yeah. with us.
1: <laughs>
0: how do you? Um, let's let's be real here. So you're all, you know, not green in your careers, mm-hmm. but you're not super experienced mm-hmm. yet either. And so how do you sell yourself to a prospective client who's like, you know, maybe wanting an interior designer who's done residential design for, you know, has maybe 20 mm-hmm. years of experience. Mm-hmm. So how do you sell yourself to that prospective client? I feel
3: just pretty much the work that we do, you know, like we, we you know, I've been working for seven years, and within that, I feel like I've, I've done a lot. You know, I've worked in with, you know, construction documentation, you know, putting pallets together. You know, I've done purchasing. So, I feel like, you You've know. have touched all the parts. Yeah, I feel like I've touched a lot of parts of the project to know enough. Um, and then what I don't know, I can, I know where to find resources, and I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like that's definitely a selling point, you know, just tell them my skills and, Especially working in hospitality, I feel like things are so much bigger. There's so much more to it, more details. So, uh, you know, if I can do that, I can do a residential project that's, you know, a lot smaller. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And how are you ladies going to know how to manage your workload? Because that's going to be new too and different than it was in hospitality, where maybe you have a project manager who's mm-hmm. looking at the big picture workload and saying, yeah. oh, hey, we're going to move this person and that person. How do you now manage your workload?
1: I think that's a really good question. I feel like for me personally, it's kind of just something that I know I'm going to figure out as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um and I generally know kind of how long it will take me to do a task and I kind of I make a schedule. My process is very much the same as it was before. Um and I think that you know, you just have to be really really efficient with how you spend your time. Um and you kind of already know like when you're starting something on your own, you're going to be working way more hours than you ever have before. I mean, that's just the name of the game. Not at all. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I just think that that is something that you kind of, you get a handle on and you just learn. And as you go on, you have better ideas of what worked, what didn't work, timeframes that were realistic versus maybe something that turned out to be, you know, you needed less time or, oh, actually, I needed more time to do that or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I completely agree with that, and I think also because we've we've kind of I I think it helps that there's two of us. Um, I think that we can kind of dedicate more time to certain parts of a project.
0: you have a good partner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think that that's very helpful. It has been so far, and I think also. We communicate a lot, yeah. Even when it doesn't have to do with <laughs> anything right, exactly. in design, we're always <laughs> communicating, anyways. But it does help knowing that, like, I can count on her to get something done, and same for you know. I would I would hope that she can count on me to get stuff done, and know that we kind of build our schedules together. For
0: sure, and I, mean, I think also like with Andrea, I mean, you're gonna have your partners too. you know, be it your print room or, Mm -hmm. you know, your reps or whoever. So you'll have, even though maybe you don't have a business partner, you're going to have, there's all kinds of partners that Mm -hmm. we have in life. I have a million partners, like my accountant, Mm -hmm. you know, and Matt Black Sound and Emily, (laughs) and there's my husband. I mean, there's so many, we, I think this is an important thing to note too, Mm -hmm. um, that finding our friends, finding those people who are cheerleaders and our partners Mm -hmm. and, And letting them know what we're doing and having as much support as possible is important.
1: I know for me, like, going through this transition, um, and since I don't have a business partner, it's interesting because I rely so heavily on my mentors and my industry Mm -hmm. friends. And, you know, there's so many smart, amazing people out there that I look up to who have been super, super helpful during this transition. And I think it's just important to build community. You know, when you're used to having a team around you and you can like turn to the next person next to you and ask a question, it's like, well, now that situation might look a little bit different for me, but I have amazing people in my life that have been super helpful. I even very random, but reached out to a girl. Um, She crossed my path via Instagram. She's in Atlanta, had recently started her own firm. And it was like at a point where I needed to kind of, I wanted to pick someone's brain on a few things. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to her and it turns out it worked out great. And now we have a monthly standing call between the two of us where we go over like challenges we're facing or how do you, how do you do XYZ or how this isn't working? How can I, how can I troubleshoot this? And it's just so nice to build community and to have somebody to bounce ideas. Cause I feel like in design collaboration just makes good ideas, even better ideas. So, I mean, I think, You know, if you're like me and maybe you're starting something new and it's just you, it's always good to lean on others. Andrea,
0: I think that is such an important thing to note. I have a rep friend in Minneapolis, Marcy, and she's just a mentor to me and someone I really look up to and admire how she runs her business and she's been instrumental for me in some of the things like navigating contracts and, Mm -hmm. and, and also sometimes what you've said is really powerful too, because this person's in another state. So when I grew up in a family business, I always mention this, but my, my father was a member of a network of Um, people who had similar businesses to his and they got together once a year and just shared ideas so when you're not in the same city and technically in competition with one another you know you're a little more free to share ideas sometimes and you're like it's no problem because we're working in totally different markets and but here's what's working here and and you can really be candid about those challenges and say I Mm. came across this and so the hue is brought to you by folio located in the iconic meadows building in dallas texas folio is a boutique rep agency which seeks to connect interior designers with creative resources we would love to connect with you in real life please visit our website to set up an appointment folioco.com and follow us on instagram at folio co on challenges i love to hear about challenges they're my favorite thing because <laughs> i look back at my life and i think i think I'm thankful for my challenges because it's yeah. those darkest moments that the brightness came from. And so tell me about, tell me about a challenge that was like, whoa. And that, you know, really shook you and, and it, and how you kind of overcame it. And it could be a part of this whole process that you're in now. Can Is it there,
2: be before this?
0: It can be before this. I want to, okay. I think it's inspiring to hear about challenge.
2: Well, I had a big challenge in grad school um, I went to Florida State University, yes. and Go Gators.
0: Just kidding, <laughs> Jessica. Uh, telling I'm, Anna. First, oh, that's right. and I went to W we together. First, we're, well, not together. Well, I went about ten
2: years after her. Her, her, her mother in law, and I. We we understand each other, though. So, okay, right, so I'm she's right. a Gator. I'm, yeah, but um, I was the only black student in my department, yep. and um... I kind of had a lot of difficulty maneuvering around that because I didn't feel like it was an issue, but I had a lot of students feel like I didn't deserve to be there. And they were very vocal about it. And um, I had also a few a few professors who just thought that this was the avenue that I needed to go. I needed to move to Atlanta and I needed to do small residential design. and. They it were writing
0: your path for you. Yes, yes.
2: Okay. And um, but I was getting great grades. I I had a, a lot of challenges though because I had people trying to push me out. And um, when I feel like I overcame that is when I got a job here. And it was in the hospitality industry. Look at and, me now. Right, um, right. students, it's, it's,
0: <laughs> let me it, send you my portfolio. Yeah, <laughs> and I have
2: a, I have a lot of people who reach out to me now, uh-huh. and they ask me about hospitality or ask me, do I know of anyone hiring, and, and things like that. It's just, it's so crazy what, how the circle...
0: What year was that?
2: This was in 2015. So, I graduated in 2016. So in
0: 2015, you had students that were vocal with you because... Of your race, about you belonging in a program. Yeah. So, how, so, but when I, I think of you, Michelle, I think of this beautiful woman with a big smile on your face, and you <laughs> yeah. greet life with a big smile.
1: Absolutely. And so, sure. was it,
0: it's just, no one can like fight with that smile. <laughs> I know. So, how did you overcome that? Um, besides just, I mean, you overcame it by success, but the day to day had to be tough. So, yeah. what did you tell yourself day to day?
2: I think that, well, I had this a best important. friend, yeah, I had a best friend there who, was not out, outgoing like me. Okay. She was the complete opposite. She was like just don't talk to them. Don't even look at them. <laughs> you know, like, like <laughs> she's like pulling my hand like let's go. Why would you even
0: try. why would
2: you even like get into it with someone and I'm just like I have to I have to let them know like I'm not a threat to you. I'm uh-huh. I'm a good person and you know like it made me want to like hug somebody and be like why do you not like me but <laughs> but instead, I was like, I'm just gonna do my work, and each day, even if I was upset or whatever i I have my older siblings, I have my mom, I have my friends who are all rooting for me, and literally everyone was like, "You're amazing your your renderings like my." <laughs> My now husband, uh, boyfriend back then, all he knew was the word rendering. And he would- so he would throw out <laughs> rendering. Your rendering <laughs> looks amazing. And I'm like, this is a scam. Right? It's <laughs> a ballot. Um, <laughs> These are fabrics. But thank you. Uh, so I think that just hearing those words from people, just like Andrea was saying, community, you need people that you can. Can really go to run to and can embrace and I think that helped a lot I did have some professors who were literally like you are doing so well here don't listen to any negativity Good. and I found outlets I went to the gym all the time I was a, I'm a swimmer and dancer and so I found anything on campus outside of campus that I could do um, and I also became a mentor to some um, an engineering student who was trying to learn Revit.
3: Okay. He
2: went to FAMU, and we found each other randomly, and he asked me to help him. So a lot of times he would, you know, be someone who could um, also, you know, really give me, like, the push that I needed. So
0: Finding those friends, those cheerleaders is crucial. Yeah. yeah. So what are we going to do? Now you've brought up an important, relevant issue that's going on in the world right now. We have this opportunity to make a change in the way that we've been living. And, and so that these experiences like you had in college don't happen again, you know? So how, what are we going to do better in our industry? I want to
1: ask all of you that. How can we do better? I think what's important to keep in perspective is In life, I've always found that you learn the most from the people that are the least like you. Mm -hmm. So by going out of your way to learn about people that come from different parts of the world, that have a different background, that have totally different experiences than you, is when you're really going to learn the most. And that is such a valuable thing. And so I know for me, I want to try my best to seek out other designers that have a completely different story than I do. And I want to know what they're doing. And I want to know what they're what they're inspired by. And I want to be inspired by them and vice versa. So I think that it's just about reaching out. Yeah, reaching out and realizing that differences ultimately push you to grow more. I agree. Mm -hmm. What about you, Rita?
3: I think that I feel like there's not a lot of representation of black females in our males in the design industry period. So, I feel like there needs to be some type of, like, more awareness or, you know, like, I guess, like, even maybe recruiting more, you know, black women or males in your companies. Um, And, I mean, I, I really don't know how, you know, how that would happen. But I feel like, you know, we're not really represented in what Michelle and I want to do is you know, to be
0: that for, you know, little girls or people who are in college or reaching out to young people. Yeah. yeah, You ladies are going to be their heroes.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And maybe they they don't even know what design is, you know, like exposing them. Yeah. Maybe they're just not exposed to it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I definitely feel like I'm always like that one (laughs) person Mm -hmm. and, you know, it it does feel lonely. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like that's something that we want to do. Just reach out to people and, just expose them to design
0: and let them know what it is, what it's about, and, you know, like... And that's kind of It's pow- a fun career. And that's kind of powerful, too, even just a friend that is of a different race than you and just acknowledging that, hey, I know that I'm a different race than you. Can we talk mm-hmm. about that? Mm-hmm. And, right. And I yeah. want to hear about your experience and how that shapes how you work and do, right? Exactly. And that's okay. Maybe sometimes people are a little scared to do that because... they think so. they, they don't want to be... A, hurtful or offensive they don't maybe even want to acknowledge the difference but the difference is Mm -hmm. the beauty
1: I think people are always scared to say the wrong thing you know and then that causes them to not say anything at all yeah and then that's almost like the more hurtful thing exactly yeah
3: Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are are uncomfortable to bring it up so they just kind of ignore it you know
2: I've always had friends of different races in different backgrounds and um I had a huge transition where I moved from Predominantly inner city yes, kid. Yes, you, did. And you, did. To, you went from Detroit, to, <laughs> From Detroit yeah. to South Carolina. And it was, who were you? I was, ooh, good job. I uh, love this story. I was in <laughs> high school. Okay. Middle school. Yeah. Well, when I first learned what South Carolina was, yeah, I was yeah. in like <laughs> middle school. Um, but it, <laughs> It, it was a trying time just because it was like a different world, but I've always had friends of different yes. backgrounds, yes. so yes. never had an issue getting along with anyone, of course, but I do think that coming from Detroit, I didn't know. If my brother wasn't exposed to architecture just from learning about one person, right. then I would have never really known. I knew that. brother, man. I'm like, (laughs) I knew that, you know, the buildings around me were amazing. And I knew that the interiors were nice as well. But I didn't know what to actually call them. I didn't know, you know. Renderings. Right? (laughs) Right? Right? These are great renderings (laughs) everywhere. But I I didn't know what they, they necessarily were. And so I think that that's something that. I hope to be for someone else. I want to go back to my community and let kids and adults as well, who are maybe going back to school want another career path. I want them to know that this is a way and I'm not telling them them that they're, you know, going to be heart surgeons or anything like that, but we do change the world in in a different way. So kids who think that they don't have an opportunity other than being an athlete, being a doctor, being a lawyer, these are the things that, you know, their parents are telling them in order to get out of tough situations like I was in. Mm-hmm. And there's other, I, there's other avenues for sure. And um, I think that we need to be, just like Rita was saying, we need to be that eye for them, Some, something that they can look up to, um, whether it's giving them mentorships, um, internships some scholarships I'm gonna <laughs> plug black canvas in there really quickly and just say that you know that's something that I'm gonna continue working on and you know i I just hope that we can change it not only for the black community but also there is there's plenty of,
0: of races of that, races
2: that are missing that, yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. so that's awesome. Well, Black Canvas is an exciting project, and I think when we get when that gets moving along more, we need to have you back on the yeah. podcast to talk about it for sure. <laughs> and it's going to be an amazing opportunity for mentorship and, mm-hmm. and growth and, and
2: networking and all yeah. persons
0: of color in, yes. the, in the in the design industry. So Certainly. I'm proud of you, girls, for doing that. So we when we when we talk about mentorship, you know that's. I think one of the greatest things that we have are these, we have our partners, we have those mentors, those people I have that I can, I can call. I mean, I love it. I know they're going to give me trusted wisdom from mm-hmm. experience. And, and I think of those people and I'm like, they have such a legacy, you know, that mm-hmm. they have a legacy and that legacy is strong woman, honest leader, you know, whatever it may be. So what is, what is the legacy of your businesses? I always love to talk on legacy. What's the legacy of Andrea Marino design?
1: I would say for me, you know, right now my focus is building a portfolio and you know, my hope is that I can build a portfolio that I am not only proud of, but that others find inspiring because there's so many designers out there that inspire me and I mean, we live in a day and age where Instagram is insane and it's so easy to access information and share information with people. And there's, I just want to be a source of inspiration. Um, and hopefully, you know, I can, I can do that and then I can grow it into something bigger. Like I would love to design a product line. I would love to write a book. I love would love these dreams. Like, there's so many <laughs> Yeah. I feel like there's so yes, many endless right. possibilities yeah, with interiors and yeah. it's like, you know, one of like my favorite quotes is if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. And I feel like that is so true because, you know, they should scare you because nothing good in life comes easy. Like everything, you have to push boundaries. You have to take risks. You have to just go for it. So I hope that I can leave a legacy that I'm proud of and that inspires others.
0: And I will say, Andrea one of the things that I just love about you is your passion. You. And I feel like when you describe like when I look at even your descriptions on Instagram when you describe even something that may be kind of simple like the color green mm-hmm. you know you you describe it with passion you're like I always like to use the color green because of this. And it's like you you really talk with conviction and I think that it comes from your passion. So for me with you it's passion and I would just encourage you to keep with that passion and keeping that at the forefront of your business because it's very that is very inspiring
1: oh thank you that's amazing yeah. I love hearing that so what
0: about what about you girls Defined ID yes design legacy yes.
1: I
3: like my huge goal is to I want to be like a trendsetter like what is define ID doing right now mm-hmm. you know like um or have that that's cool ideal like design where it's like I know Defined ID did that like mm-hmm. I want people to be able to recognize our work <laughs> without knowing that it does. I want to have product lines. We've talked about yes. doing that and, like, making coasters and trades and stuff yeah. and selling that on our website. Like, we we want this to be, a just yes, starting out a design firm, but we want it to be a brand, right. you know, and we want it to be bigger than us and something that our families and our, you know, like, grandkids can have, you know, like mm-hmm. – the generational thing you know
2: we're going to I'm going to speak it into existence we're yes. going to give scholarships we're going to speak at um, we're going to speak at events and we are going to speak at schools we're gonna we're gonna go and and just cater to communities that are underprivileged underfunded yes <laughs> Big the, I mean yes. the biggest dreams I I'm like they're they're not even they're not even in there yet because Hey, I that's feel like everything point too right yeah. All that, day, yeah, think, yeah. Every, yes. yeah yeah
0: absolutely that we have to just keep moving forward and exactly. right, and then all the good things will come yeah so now how what would you say to other people who are listening who are maybe in between jobs or maybe maybe they've been working at a restaurant and the restaurant closed
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they want to start a food truck they do have this it. vision.
1: <laughs> it's just do it, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Just do, right? just just don't do it.
1: Don't think too hard about it. Just do it. Like, <laughs> it's so <laughs> true. My dad's, my dad's a business owner. So, so much of just, and, and he's had such an influence on me. And he told me, he was like, Andrea, you cannot just dip your toe in the water. Mm-hmm. You have to jump <laughs> just in. It in. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's, <laughs> yeah, he was like, you literally have to jump in. And that's, yep. so, it sounds cheesy, but it's so true. Like, if you want something to happen, you have to take action. And... I mean, I would just say that you know it's so scary to put yourself out there, and, and it can be really overwhelming. But and like, vulnerable. yes, mm-hmm. it, but everything's perspective, and like every successful person out there, at the end of the day, they're just a person, and they're just a human, and there's nothing that they have that you don't have. They just took action, I love literally. That. <laughs> and, there's and nothing no, they
0: have that you don't have. And yeah. honestly, have you, like, which is even better.
1: What yeah. I'm learning is like there's so much like reward on the other side of fear. You just have to do it. So just. Just
0: do it. That reward on yeah. the other side of fear is motivating too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I think about little steps that, that I've taken with this business, and there was a lot of fear, and and starting this agency, and um, even doing the podcast. I mean, I almost even wanted to cancel it. I had this over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's
1: all about right. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> no, but I think I think it's because as a creative person, when you are coming up with these ideas or concepts or designs, it is so scary. To people put, might think that they're yeah, crazy. Yeah, put yourself out there. It feels so personal. <laughs> yes. But you have to yeah. just sound out the noise mm-hmm. and remember your why. And and just... and Telling the story. Yeah, and just be authentic yeah. to yourself. And, you know, recently I've been watching, like, ma- Masterclass. And it's such an interesting thing to watch people that do other things than you. But like one of the things I keep hearing is people saying like, you have to stay authentic to yourself and Mm -hmm. your brand and you have to sound out all the background noise. Mm -hmm. And that's so true.
0: One of, um, Mm -hmm. one of the quotes that sticks with me lately was um, Michelle Obama's documentary. And she said to these young women, she said, um, we like to focus on stories, not stats. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get like emotional, but I watched her. I I watched it on Sunday again. (laughs) And I, I, And that just struck me so deeply, and I said, that's why I'm doing the Hue, because these are stories that deserve to be told, and it's stories, not stats, because we're all humans sitting here living life, and these stories have shaped us, but they can shape each other. We're all going to leave here a little bit different Mm -hmm. because of this conversation, and then hopefully, you know, people listening will take something from it and do something awesome too. First thing that comes to your mind, I do want to ask each of you, favorite architect or designer, Rita. Rita.
2: Nikki Chu. Ooh. Okay. Uh-huh. Corey Jenkins.
1: Sarah Bartholomew.
0: I don't know any of these names, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm going to get them all, and we're going to put them on the website. And, yeah, and <laughs> that is the best. So um, oh I like. I drew a blank. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, okay, I love to cook. It's just my passion. It's my happy place. It's oh, how I, I love share cooking. love with others, how I heal, and find my happy place. So okay. your best dish or your favorite dish, Andrea.
1: Mm. Okay. So I will admit, I did not cook often pre-COVID, but now post-COVID, You're chef, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> or, well, I guess we're, we're definitely still in it, but I would say that I have made, I've cooked more than I ever have before, okay. and I've had so much fun doing it. Mm-hmm. The best oh dish God. I have made has been these Cajun rumelade crab cakes. I'm not kidding. Mm. This is like something that I would make if the most important person in the world was coming over. Okay. That was like my, my best.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think I have to go with that as my answer. Okay. okay. Well, okay. we need the recipe. Right. Yes. Okay. I'll send you the recipe, okay, I want that recipe. I just
2: want to come over for you. Yes. <laughs> I don't even want to. I'm just joking. Good point.
1: <laughs> I mean, if Michelle came over, I'd make it for her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What are you making, Michelle? Um,
2: I mean, I've always been famous for my macaroni and cheese, baked macaroni and cheese. It's what? Good.
3: Her might not know this. And she does not share the recipe.
2: Yeah. So, I don't know. It was my grandma's recipe, then my mom's. Then you know it's going to be
0: good.
3: Yeah.
2: It's like. Oh, an old, okay. like that old recipe that has everything. And like
0: six pounds of butter, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of Good. cheese. Yeah, I'm like mm,
2: heart attack. Maybe I'm just joking. I won't. Get
0: it. <laughs> Rita, what about you? Mine is
3: crawfish étouffée. It's my mom's recipe étouffée. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, mm-hmm. and you probably
0: make your oh, own so cool, roux yeah. and.
3: No, I, I actually don't. It's like okay. yeah, you buy all the ingredients in the store and just make them. Oh well, dinner. then yeah.
0: we definitely need that recipe. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> so. sometimes those roux are like nothing, little
3: secrets. There. Yeah, nothing from scratch. But the roux is better if you get it from Louisiana. Of course, yeah, they have the they yeah. have more variety here. You just in Dallas,
0: you just work with what's on the shelf. <laughs> so <laughs> we're finished, ladies.
1: Oh yay!
0: Yeah, oh, we, cool. did, it. we yay. did it. We did it. We did it. Thanks for listening y'all. Let's keep the conversation going. If you have a story you would like for us to illuminate, please email hello at folioco.com. That's hello at p-h-o-l-i-o-c-o.com and be sure to subscribe to hear
1: future episodes.